We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Sony Open in Hawaii. Research and first look. I'm recording this before the conclusion, actually before even the start of the fourth round of the Tournament of Champions, so I do not know who the winner at Kapalua is right now. Fingers crossed it's either Colin Morikawa or Daniel Berger, or somehow maybe, I don't know, Adam Scott shoots 49 and ends up back in the mix. Probably not going to happen at this point. Not going to lie to you. But hey, I'm going to take Colin Morikawa. Hopefully we get some wilt from Harris English and Ryan Palmer will be on our way. We see some glorious screenshots of a nice winner to start off the first event of 2021. Knowing my track record at this event, probably going to have a playoff loser. That tends to be what happens for me. Anyway, fingers crossed. Like I said, good luck to everyone out there who's still in the mix as of today, but we're moving on to the Sony Open. The Listener's League link on DraftKings will be in the description of this video and podcast um, at the time when I get it. I do not have it as of yet, so just continue to check back. I should have that by Sunday evening, maybe Monday morning, before we do the show with Jeff on Monday afternoon. Check that out. It'll be coming out in the afternoon on Monday, and then Tour Junkies David Barnett is joining me on Tuesday to break down the entire DraftKings slate. So that's the Listener's League Fantasy Golf World Championships, the giant one and done. Thank you all so much for filling out the over 3,030... The 3,300 spots that were available in the main event, the race for the Mayo Cup, that's all locked up, so we're good to go. However, uh, if you go to Fantasy Golf World Championships right now, there are more contests open, smaller contests. Like, let's be real here. When you have 3,300 people in a contest, regardless of it, it's really hard to win. I know that $30,000 for first prize is awesome if you are the one lucky one. And although the flat payout structure, anything inside the top 15 is pretty good for the one and done. But now we have a $1,000 tournament. 
that is up right now for a thousand dollar buy-in, ten thousand dollars to first prize. But you know, not everyone can afford that. I, I don't even know if I'm going to end up playing in it. But there's more twenty-five dollar contests and fifty dollar contests, and if we fill those up, just more will end up getting regenerated up on the site. So go to Fantasy Golf World Champion or Fantasy Golf Championships dot com and you can find out those. If you missed out on the big one, maybe you can play in the small one. If you want a better shot at actually winning top prize in one of these smaller contests and you're in the big one, go sign up again. I'm probably going to have a few more entries in all of this. The other big news from Mayo Media Network, you're watching this on Mayo Media Network right now, so please subscribe to the network. Smash the like button for the video too and give me your early lean for a winner at Wiley Country Club for the Sony Open. That can do nothing but help us out. If you're listening to the audio version, rate, review, and subscribe. Help us out tremendously. But two shows returning this week. One is a new show, and one is returning from its hiatus because the sport was off. But the Dogger Pass podcast for UFC will return on Mayo Media Network this week. Cody ended the year on a very, very high with a giant parlay winner for everyone out there. We got three cards in two weeks, including a Conor McGregor fight. So please show some support for that. If you're listening to the audio version, go search Dogger Pass podcast in the store wherever you get your podcasts and go subscribe to that as well leave a rating and review up there and a brand new show launching monday a daily show on mayo media network it is not involving myself you will be surprised at the guests and the hosts for this show but it's a daily hockey show win totals uh, monday and tuesday and then the season starts on wednesday so please show some support for that if you want to find it uh, it's not up on apple podcasts as of yet hopefully by monday it will be all populated in there, but Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere else where you get podcasts, you can find the Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets podcast. The name, not great, but very searchable. And hey, we're all about generating views and generating downloads. That's what we're going with here. Uh, you'll, Like I said, you'll be surprised with some of the people that are on that show. More information coming up, but season win totals, division odds, player awards, Monday and Tuesday on the show to kick everything off. So please, like I said, even if you don't care about hockey, click on it, go smash the like button to it. That would help us out tremendously. And we really appreciate your support with everything. Today's show, when I walk through all of the stats, obviously presented by by Fantasy National Golf Club. If you go to fantasynational.com slash mayo right now, you get yourself 20% off. And this is the first big field event we're going to have when the tools really come into focus. Apologies for no simulator this week. Uh, we had some confusion with the, the crossover between sites. Uh, everything should be rectified and working optimally for the Sony Open. So again, fantasynational.com slash mayo. Get yourself 20% off. The annual deal is the best deal, especially with the 20% off. If you're going to be playing more than $10 on DraftKings or betting more than $10 every single week, I highly recommend that you go get your membership to fantasynational.com right now. Okay, let's talk Sony Open and kick this off. 144 players are in the field, the second and final leg of the Hawaii Swing. It's a cut event, so top 65 and ties end up making the weekend. Uh, lineup lock will probably be around noon on Thursday. No official word on that because the tee times aren't out. So you'll have more time than usual. But on DraftKings, we're back to a cut event, the most fun that we can have. And it's still only 144 players in the field. So not a full field event of the 156, but not the small 132 as well. Cameron Smith is the defending champion at this course. He ousted Brandon... Steel in a playoff at 11 under 
last year. Now, before that, Kucher had won at 22 under, Kazire 17 under, Justin Thomas uh, 27 under when he fired the 59 in the first round, Fabian Gomez 20 under, Jimmy Walker 23 under. So Cameron Smith's minus 11 was actually the highest score since Vijay Singh won in 2005. They actually had to play the final round with preferred lies because of the wetness and wind that had hit the course over the first three rounds. So uh, it was very weather-related. This is a coastal course, so when we think about corollaries, and we'll jump into that once I start sharing my screen and doing my first deep dive. I haven't seen anything about the Sony Open yet. This is the purpose of the show. What do I see initially? And then I can kind of work on it from there. But Mayakoba is the clear crossover. Kucher uh, won at 22 under. Like I said, two years ago, he won Mayakoba uh, as a part of the final event of the swing season that year. Patton Kazire the year before also accomplished that same double. Victor Hovland is not playing, who won at Mayakoba in the, at the end of 2020. So it's up for grabs. Also a big lean towards players that have played at the Tournament of Champions the week before. Last year, it got kind of skewed because A, it didn't quite play out like a normal Sony Open with 11 under being the winning score. And Cameron Smith did not play in the Tournament of Champions, but Kucher, Kazire, Thomas Gomez, and Walker before that had all played at Kapalua seven days before. So you do get a leg up on everyone. So I would put a more of a lean towards the players that did play at the Tournament of Champions. Now, at the same time, the players that do participate in the Tournament of Champions tend to be better players because they had won in the previous season, or at least they're in better form. But the one big takeaway from Cameron Smith last year is, yes, he ended up winning. No, he did not play the week before, but he did play in the President's Cup, which was in the middle of December because it was in Australia in 2019. And I think it was the first six or the first seven winners on the PGA Tour last season were all a part of that President's Cup. So maybe give it some leniency this year. You don't normally see a President's Cup in December, and it seems to have translated forward and to provide some momentum and really shake off some refs for some of those top-end players a year ago. I'm probably going to go back and lean more towards the Tournament of Champions this year as well. That's not to say only take people from the Tournament of Champions. That's just how it has played out. Uh, is that a causation? Just looking at it and be like, hey, that actually has nothing to do with each other absolutely it very well could be but i think it was seven of the previous champions before last year it all played the week before so again something to note while looking towards that wiley itself uh, it's a par 70 it's just over seven thousand yards bermuda greens coastal course like i had mentioned uh one of the par fives i believe it's number nine very eagleable uh even 18 you can get a few eagles on as well so eagle rate will play a factor this week if you can make some eagles but generally speaking this is an approach and putting course uh, if you can make your 10 footers for the week i mean obviously every single week that's going to be the case but if it reverts back to being the minus 20 minus 23 minus 27 type winners you're going to want the guys who are high up in opportunities gained and the guys that are high up in putting for that week. And putting, well, incredibly difficult to predict. Uh, you're going to have to get lucky on that somehow. So maybe uh, it's a situation. We've seen Corey Connors putt really well at this course over the years. He's not playing this week, which is a weird outlier of how you can actually try to predict putting from this event. Uh, it's kind of difficult to do. So rely more on your ball striking, more on your approach and opportunities gained, and hope that your guy gets super lucky with his putter and ends up gaining like five strokes for the week, and you're going to be good to go from that circumstance. And because it is such a short course, a par 70, like I said, 7,044 7, yards, um, any skill set can kind of play here. It's not a bomber's course. It's not an accuracy course. Very few players, at least per tour average, actually hit the fairway at Wiley Country Club. It's almost like 50-50 fairway to rough, but hitting the rough isn't super penal at Wiley, so it really doesn't matter all that much. And my key stats have actually included 
good good drives gained versus the field, and that kind of takes it out. Uh, it takes out accuracy a little bit more. Basically, what that tells you, uh, good drives are even if you do miss the fairway, but you hit a green and regulation is counted as a good drive. Wind can always play a factor, so we'll dig into that later in the week. You might want to consult that before playing any first round leaders, showdown contests, or even picking your final team if you want a wave stack. Maybe there's not going to be anything as it pertains to the wind this year, but it has cropped up uh, and really wiped out certain waves at the Sony Open in the past. Let's jump over to FantasyNational.com, though. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo in order to get your 20% discount. As always, I have the Sony Open Field loaded up. If you want to switch back and check out what's going on live stats, you can see everything up here at the top. That's how you navigate around. I have it set to pass 50 rounds for right now. That's going to go back well into last year. And let's just sort by strokes gain total and see what's up. Harris English, Webb Simpson, Daniel, how's your burger? I want to see how burger has done at this course in the past, because if he doesn't win at the Tournament of Champions, I don't think you're going to get a good number on Daniel Berger. Let's see. Uh, he's made the cut every single year. No... I mean, he's been a terrible putter at this course, which is really weird because he gained strokes on Bermuda overall, but has not turned out very well for him uh, all that much. But he's going to be one of the top players in this field. If he doesn't end up winning, I would guess his odds come in. <sighs> Let's see here. Who are the best players in this field? I guess Henley's going to come back. He's won this event before. The crossover courses for this course, if you are really looking at it, just with the types of field that this generally attracts. And the field for this event in 2021 is the strongest. I believe it's been since 2005, that year since VJ won, because a lot of the players, we, we saw the Tournament of Champions have an excellent field uh, this this week, one of the strongest of all time, if not the strongest of all time. And we're getting carryover for that this week. So let's see, of the very top end players, um, we have Henley, Matsuyama, Morikawa, Berger, Sergio. Oh, Hovland is playing. Yeah in my face uh, i thought that he wasn't keegan first time this year english i mean he could try to go for the you know, the the hawaii slam here if he ends up pulling it out on sunday at kapalua neiman then we got siwoo kim and eric van royen ryan palmer webb simpson adam scott patrick reed what other big names are playing muñoz and answer Kyle Stanley has a new caddy on the bag. Sungjae is going to be in the field this time around. Zach Johnson has a great track record along with Charles Howell III in, uh, at Wiley for the Sony Open. Oh, the Gim Reaper is back. Kisner is going to be playing back-to-back weeks. Another guy who's played really well at this course in the past. Kevin Na will be playing back-to-back weeks. Cam Smith, the defending champion, is in the field. We get Pat Perez for the first time. What other bigger names? I guess when we scroll down on the T to green, sorted by T to green, you're not going to get very many huge names. The Todd Father uh, and Andrew Landry both played last week. So a tip uh, tip of the cap to them. Uh, maybe where you know Todd's having an all right week. Landry, who I used, is absolutely blowing it. So maybe he is someone to go back to. We've seen Kuchar play well at this course before. Swafford is interesting to me only because he's playing this week at the Tournament of Champions, and he looks like, let's see, he's come third at Sony. That was two years ago, and ninth at Sony, and eighth at Sony. I don't believe he's having the best week. We'll, we'll dig into the Tournament of Champions stats a little bit later on. I don't think that he's having a great week at the Tournament of Champions, so we'll dig in to see if he's striking the ball all right and maybe not making some putts, but he is someone that kind of pops up to me a little bit. Killa Keith on Bermuda, you can always kind of turn to him, although his game has kind of taken a turn for the worse recently anyone else no so that's it for uh, mike weir hey, th- thanks for the sponsor's invite really shouldn't have taken justin S in my season-long fantasy draft uh mainly because he's not playing in any of these events that's not great 
Griot coming off a nice finish at OHL. Uh, maybe he's another name that we can go look at, see how he's done at the Sony in the past. Let's see here. Sony open Griot cut every year, top 25 each of the past two years. Uh, no shocker, great with the approach. Can't chip, can't putt, uh, and some sort of all alternating variation of that. But four for four in cuts made. Um, let's dig into the course just a little bit. So that was the field. The course itself, uh, the historic conditions. Yeah, we had rounds one and two, very windy last season, then moderate wind. The green firmness was very soft. A lot of that had to do with the rain because normally it's pretty firm. Uh, I would probably try to keep those out. And we saw with the with the fairways weren't widened by any means, but because of the dampness and things weren't playing as firm, uh, more people were hitting the fairways. As you can see, it's generally very difficult to hit the fairway at YLI last year, not so much because the ball wasn't getting any roll through the fairway. Like I said, it wasn't that big of a deal whether you hit the fairway or not. Of course, you always want to be on the fairway, but at the same time, uh, it's less critical for this sort of course. Uh, so cr again, crossover courses, OHL Mayakoba, the Heritage, Wyndham, and Honda Classic have all seen a lot of crossover success at this course. Those tend to be the shorter par 70s on Bermuda. I guess Mayakoba is not on Bermuda. It's on pass, 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 post pass, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, that's how we're going to go with that. Uh, let's see if there's any advantage here for showdown contests. Again, at par 70, 7,044 yards. You have the two par fives that finish off both of the nights, number nine and number 18, the two easiest holes on the course. You see an eagle rate of almost 6% on number nine, 3% on number 18. Uh, eight, let's see, seven, 17, and four, it does look like it's a little bit easier to get a birdie streak going at the bookends of your nines if you start on the front. So again, this is a very minuscule advantage, but it's something that I do like to go and look for, uh, mainly because you know an extra three points here and there in a showdown contest could really be the difference. So if you go holes, the hard one is number eight. So you go 14, the 14th or the 14th most difficult and so one of the easiest. So you have the easiest hole and the third easiest hole back to back at number nine and number 10. Obviously, if you start out on number 10, you do not get the opportunity to square these two into birdie. So the birdie rate almost 60%, 60% on number nine. 6% eagle rate on number nine, almost a 30% birdie rate on number 10. Um, and you have like a median hole at number eight. So if you can squeeze a birdie out around 15% of the field makes a birdie on number eight, if you can squeeze one out there, you're looking pretty good to try to ride a birdie streak and get that going together. And number seven is almost a, is a almost 18% birdie rate at the same time. So if you can get one on seven, muster one on six, you're almost guaranteed to score on number nine. That can get you. Now, that's available to everyone, but the eight, nine, 10 combo uh, is something that you'll only have access to if your players start on the front nine. Uh, let's shrink this down to top five finishers overall. And again, you can always look at that on fantasynational.com. Guys who miss the cut, guys who make the cut, and just look at the different stats. Yeah, approach in strokes game putting. Uh, you're hoping to hit a lot of greens and regulation at this course. You can see the driving accuracy 53% versus the tour average of 62% uh, by and large over the years. The green and regulation percentage almost 66% right on line with tour average. So you want the guys that hit the greens and regulation. That's where good drives gained comes into it. And you'll probably want guys who can make eagles. Uh, the eagles are almost available to the entire field, although extreme distance uh, would allow you an easier, a shorter iron shot into the power of fives. But just looking at it, you know, strokes game putting does play in gigantic 
gigantic factor here. Your guys are going to have to putt. We saw at the Tournament of Champions a year ago when Justin Thomas won, and he did this twice in 2020, that he won an event with losing strokes on the green. That's probably going to be pretty unlikely to do at the Sony Open. You're going to have to make so many birdies in order to actually accomplish a victory that you're going to have to gain a few strokes here and there putting unless you're absolutely tearing the cover off the ball in the ball striking department or you're chipping in a whole bunch you're probably gonna have to gain at least two and a half three four just to be competitive uh probably three if you can gain three strokes putting you can probably win this event uh, as long as you have the irons to go along with it now, if Berger or Morikawa ends up winning the Tournament of Champions, or even Justin Thomas himself, all those three guys, I believe, are in the negatives going into round four, that if the guys at the top stumble just a little bit on the greens, you could see a winner with like minus you know, 0.4 strokes gain putting for the week because the ball striking was so good. I think that's unlikelier to happen this time around. As you see the distribution, uh, you know, two... All par threes are below 200 yards, so that works out really well. Uh, both par fives are below 550 yards. Uh, there's no par fours above 500 yards, so you have five in the 450 to 500, four in the 400 to 450, and then two of them, uh, as you can see, one below 350, one below 400. Which one is that? That is number 10. So you don't get a ton of eagles because it's not drivable. Maybe a few guys will end up going at it or you get some chip luck and you can chip in. But that is a hole where you can kind of take dead aim at it. If you don't get caught in that bunker before, you should be good to go. Uh, and the other one, where's this super short one? Yeah, it's not actually all that easy, which is kind of strange. Uh, number 15 is 395 yards. It only has a 17% birdie rate. A good birdie rate, one of the better on the course. But uh, it does have a 13% bogey rate as well which is kind of shocking for a hole of that length. You see the 350 number 10 only has an 8% bogey rate historically over the years. What else should we really be looking at here? If we just kind of take a look, let's say, at the top 20 and see how the strokes gain change a little bit there, you see a smaller gap between strokes gained off the tee around the green and approach putting still very much up there because you can really wage yourself but the closer that we get to the top the more that ends up becoming pronounced especially with around the green ball striking is our approach is almost double what off the tee is and putting is a little bit more the it gets flatter the more you move down because you need to be dialed in with your approaches to give yourself as many birdie opportunities as possible the average shot distribution the plurality of the shots coming from 150 to 175 leaning more towards the 175 to 200 but you're still going to get uh, enough shots from in close that it's you know it, it's hard to really isolate one proximity range overall the cut line last year was plus two the year before it was minus one and the year before that minus one minus two minus two last year obviously played more difficult than previous seasons so i would expect it to be in this minus one minus two range rather than the plus two range although maybe that the weather can really impact that once again and it's not that big of a worry to anyone you can actually kind of bomb it a little bit more here than you would at a normal course 282 your average drive on tour 285.2 the average driving distance uh, at this course uh, three putts per round lower than your average tour event which is a huge swing from kapalua where it is far higher with those gigantic greens uh, going forward. Let's take a look at the tournament history coming into this. Cameron Smith obviously won last year, like I had mentioned. 
Uh, so we're going to get numbers one, two, three, four, and four all back in the field. Ryan Palmer going to be, he was the highest owned guy on DraftKings at the Tournament of Champions, even with a huge price increase that I expect this time around. He's actually won this event before, I believe in 2010. Uh, if he ends up winning or coming in second, he's going to have a good week regardless, unless he completely implodes at Kapalua. Uh, you're going to look at a very chalky player coming in. Lonto uh, ended up eagling, I think, number 18 three times last year or last year maybe it was number nine three times it was something outrageous like that but as you can see not it's a mix of you know your guys that tend to play well at these shorter courses Webb and Kisner and even Palmer who's had success at the Honda Classic as well over the years I mean Lonto Ted Potter Jr these are not gigantic hitters by any means even Cam Smith good distance but you know he's not a bomber per se Brennan Steele is probably your big Palmer and Steele are probably your biggest in the driving distance department. Um, so that's something to look out for. Who are some decent names who missed the cut a year ago? I know Patrick Reed missed the cut. Let's see, Kucher missed the cut a year after winning. Shez missed the cut a year after he was really, really good. Patrick Reed missed the cut. So you're going to get, you know, you have to avoid the landmines. Morikawa was actually in contention of this event uh, until Sunday, and he just completely imploded. It was terrible. He actually, I think he missed a three-foot putt on 18 to gag his head to head versus Hideki Matsuyama last year. Let's see, T21, Matsuyama, T12. It's one shot of difference. But I think at one point during the week, Morikawa was up by, I want to say something like eight strokes or something like that. So how did they get it done? Cameron Smith, 8.2 strokes, six strokes, four strokes. Kisner was the closest one losing strokes putting. But as you can see, uh, Cameron Davis and Kisner were the only two players inside the top 10 for the week who actually lost strokes putting. They didn't even lose a full stroke putting. You need to have, I guess you don't need to have your approach working so, so well if you're going to gain 8.2 strokes putting and gain over two around the greens if you're Cameron Smith. Everyone else, though, you can see the approach play was was really good ryan palmer did it the opposite way in terms of ball striking only gained 1.3 strokes on approach but was over five i believe that led everyone so if you're gonna lead any one category you're gonna do pretty well here because you can see uh palmer davis lonto all finished inside the top 10 and we're inside the top six in terms of strokes gained off the tee for the week in terms of strokes gained approach leishman couldn't buy a putt or a chip last year led everyone in approach leishman's interesting to go back and look at because he's going to finish somewhere in the bottom half at Tournament of Champions, so maybe we can squeeze some life out of that knowing that he can play this course pretty well, the ball striking. I think Tita Green Kisner was the best, and after that it was probably, I think it was Matsuyama. Let's just see Tita Green here. Your Tita Green leaders last year, Kisner, Matsuyama, Leishman, Cam Davis, and Alex Norin. But in terms of approach, you had Leishman steal Knox. Curious to see. Knox had been trending well during the swing season. He came 23rd at Mayakoba after missing the cut at the RSM, 15th and 16th. So maybe a look to Russell Knox, uh, depending on what the price point ends up coming in at. Nick Taylor played really well at this event last year, too. Uh, he's having a, a decent go of it at Tournament of Champions, but another guy that you do give a slight lean towards because he had played the week before. Webb Simpson should be the overwhelming favorite in this event i would think him reed hovland morikawa burger would be my guesses and hideki i guess if harris english wins too maybe we actually get some decent numbers on people because adam scott is going to be in this field we're like i said we're getting more top end players i'm curious to see if they make web let's say a 10 to 1 favorite even if he comes in at like 12 to 1 morikawa at like 12 or 14 if morikawa wins he'll probably go to 10 uh, if hovland makes a charge or if palmer wins you'll probably see them at like 18 or 20 to 1 it's very interesting to see what can go on with them 
this week. Uh, let's load up what I've done with my custom stat model in the past. Once again, if you're just tuning in right now and you just jumped in midway through the show, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, leave a rating and review uh, on the audio podcast. All that stuff really does go a long way to helping out. You you have no idea how much it means to me to try to press 20,000 subs in the first four months of existence on Mayo Media Network. The more you can tell friends, the more you can spread it around. If you've got multiple accounts, sub a whole bunch. That stuff allows us to take a chance, like creating this new hockey show. If the hockey show goes well, maybe we can create a baseball show. Maybe we can jump into some European tour golf content as well, because all of that fuels each other. We can get sponsors on board because of the support that you guys are giving us and allows us to keep everything free in front of a paywall. We're not charging Patreon. We're not doing anything like that so the sport that you can give besides becoming a member that that's behind a paywall because you get great tools and stats like this uh but fantasynational.com slash mayo in order to run all of this let's see do i have a sony open one solid for sony open i generally have decent weeks DraftKings wise let's see approach 25 percent par fours 15 percent 400 to 455 percent eagles gained five percent opportunities gained five percent par threes a lot of them here I, I threw in strokes game putting at 0% just so I can have a look at that. This has been working for me in the past. Let's just load her up and see what's going on in terms of the model. Hopefully it's something good. Probably won't be. It'll probably... And we don't have the stats loaded in, obviously, from the Tournament of Champions yet. Those should be loaded in late Sunday evening because it ends very late, but it's more likely to happen on Monday morning. So the past 50 rounds... Let's see here. Henley, Hovland, Webb, Morikawa, How's Your Burger, Grio, English, Matsuyama, Kokrak, Ryan Palmer. That's your top 10. And that's not including, like I said, the Tournament of Champion stats over the past 50 rounds. Well, that's not really telling me anything I, I want to hear. That's just a bunch of the guys that are going to be the favorites for the week. Great. <laughs> uh, Burger and English, both top 10 putters, Webb Simpson, top 15 over that range. Sung Jay is another one who I can kind of look at and say, hey, that's, I mean, after that, it's Keegan, M, Zach Johnson, Neiman, Adam Scott, Seb Straka, and C, woo, Kim are probably the first two, along with Cameron Davis, Matthew Neesmith, course, horse for the course, Jerry Kelly, who I'm not going to be taking this year. Then you got Kisner, Evier, Lanto, Furick, and Munoz. Uh, that's all very interesting. That's more in the range where you can kind of play around with the margins because they're not going to be like overwhelming favorites. Like I would expect Straka probably to come in around 65. Maybe maybe he comes in at 100 because people hate Seb Straka, but he's so boomer bust. He makes a ton. He scores so well, but he makes so many birdies. It can be kind of infuriating. I rostered him at the RSM. He really rallied to make the cut. I actually had a really good week at the RSM this year, uh, mainly because of Seb Straka, but he just couldn't get everything together all at the same time. Other names that pop up that are kind of surprising. Kyle Stanley is 26th over the past 50 rounds. Will the Thrill. Gordon, number 23. Last year's runner-up. Brennan Steele, number 34. The Mexican Allen Iverson. The answer. Abe Answer, number 33. James Hahn. Interesting for him. I believe the year that Kazire won, he was third at this event. That was three years ago. 36. Knox and Gim all right out well. If we shrink it down a little bit, uh, this is something I don't normally do on the show. So if we go to sample size and we go to rolling report and we select the custom model for that we can just see 
uh, who gets spit out in terms of these overall ranges. Uh, if you want to look at a micro level, and I know uh, Michael Ruvalo, uh, Malibu's most wanted, he's had, had some tremendous caches uh, during, I believe, the Wyndham. He won or came in you know, top five in the $200 single entry. Had another big hit over the course of the swing season as well. I remember whatever event it was that Ortiz ended up winning, he bet Ortiz to win that week because I believe he had looked at the last eight or past 12. I don't think that there's too much you can glean, especially at this time of year where we've been off for so long. But once the season starts going, you want to try to catch lightning in a bottle? Look at these short sample sizes. Uh, you can get lucky and you can find someone who maybe is not going to show up over the longer term baseline, but maybe they're playing over their skis right now and they can keep that rolling. So if we look at the past eight rounds overall, you see Neesmith, Keegan, Hideki, Kisner, Neiman, Palmer, Cam Smith, Webb, Malnati. Malnati at a short course has been playing really well. Grio, Ortiz, Berger, Reed, Henley, Gim, EVR, Wes Bryan pops up in there. Uh, Scott Piercy, Norlander, Hoagie, uh, the Gooch, all pretty good iron players past 12. No real changes and anything like that, except for Gim hops up. And you can use this as a through line, too. If these are the key stats that you're looking at, Neesmith actually rates out first over the past 4, 8, and 12. Uh, you can see that he's got progressively better. Even over the past 100 rounds, he is 31st in that regard. Uh, if we look long-term, over the past 100 rounds, this is where the better players should start popping up. So no real outliers inside the top 10. All the guys that I've been kind of mentioning, EVR has remained inside the top 30 past 100 rounds to past past four rounds uh, he's never finished worse than 29th in any one of those ranges who is someone long term eh, there's no one really out there that kind of pops up is like oh my god i can't believe that guy is out there Herman is 40th. He's gotten progressively better uh, going from long-term to short-term. Uh, Hubbard has gotten worse. Hubbard is someone I would actually probably like at this tournament. You know, he's pretty good with his irons, but he's really fallen off as it goes. Chris Kirk needs a medical exemption. I think he needs like a top 10 or a top 5 or something like that in order to lock in his card for the rest of the season. If we just take a look at the past 24, that's usually the range that I kind of like to look at. Any huge outliers here? Chris Baker. Um, just in that one specific time frame of 24 rounds is actually 18th. He's 68th in short term, 49th in long term. Someone I'd like to play at the very bottom here. So it's going to be very difficult to try to parse through. I'm probably going to end up betting Kisner, to tell you the truth. Um, I'm curious to see where his odds come in at, because he does have a good course history at YLI, but if he doesn't have an extremely good finish, there's so many good players here that maybe you can find him at like a 40. I would like Kisner at a 40. Um, the two things I want to look at before we get out of here and really kind of juggle everything let's so let's see hovland how you doing big dick vic um and you have to think too that over the course of the swing season like the masters is not included in terms of strokes gained ohl is not turn uh included in terms of strokes gained uh one of the rounds at rsm is not included in terms of strokes gained only because um, we have a situation. Oh, Horschel is playing. Maybe Horschel is a, worth a look, too, uh, as he placed really well. This is the results from the Mayakoba from this year. Uh, and again, strokes gains do not get included. So that's a bit of a blind spot in terms of the modeling because we don't have uh, much to do uh, in terms of like recent stats. So like three, uh, the past three tournaments that we have waited until the Tournament of Champion stats get in, 
we only have three rounds of strokes gained data, and that's only from the seaside course at RSM. Everything else we don't have included. So it's an even longer period looking back when we think about, unless you're looking at strokes gained total, which we do have. But just looking at it right now, do we have, I, I don't know who's in the field for these ones, but the top five, top ten from the Maya Coba, which I said had significant crossover. You have Hovland, Wise, Long, Hoagie, English, Glover, Horschel, Finau, Todd, Grio, Ortiz. So Ortiz, Todd, is Finau playing next week? I don't believe he is. No, Finau is not playing in the field for the Sony Open. English, no, Wise isn't playing. So Hovland, English, Horschel, Todd, and Ortiz all finished inside of the top 10 at Mayakoba, and they're all playing currently in the Tournament of Champions and at the Sony Open. Uh, I believe all of these players, except for Wise and Finau, are actually in the field at the Sony Open this time around as well. Some other guys... Uh, Abe Answer had played pretty well. He's playing the week before, not doing great. So maybe he's someone that can fly in under the radar just a little bit. Is P. Raj, is he in, a, in the field here? Patrick Rogers? No, he's not in the field at the Sony Open as well. So some guys to look at uh, and just try to get your crossover. If you really want to just take a look at overall strokes gained, uh, and we can even do past 50 rounds and try to come up with a just a, a take, and we can look at strokes gain total. So we're going to go to, that's El Chameleon is that one that I talked about. So we have El Chameleon. We have Harbortown. Uh, we're going to include Wiley into that mix and Sedgefield for the Wyndham. Let's see, where's Sedgefield CC? And just isolate those four courses. You can do that on a Mac by holding down Command and hitting the buttons, and it just isolates those four courses. And let's look back at the past, let's say, 24 rounds. Uh, to not give too much weight to stuff that happened like seven years ago, eight years ago. This should, and if you do want to see which rounds are actually included in this, you can click on the 24 rounds and see where all of this is coming from. As you can see, someone like Matt Jones, you got Wyndham and Heritage from last year. Um, if you go with Hovland, he has 16 rounds of data at these courses, including uh, a few from the OHL, three from the OHL, actually, which do not have any strokes gain data. But you can look at strokes gain total for that. So on those four courses, past 24 rounds overall, Webb, Horschel, Kucher, English, C.T. Pan, J.T. Poston, Victor Hovland, Carlos Ortiz, Sergio Garcia, Bo Hogg are your top 10. Hogg actually has 16 rounds. Interesting with Bo Hogg. Tends to play these courses pretty well. Made the cut at OHL, Wyndham, Sony, and OHL in the past. And, and seemed to actually play pretty well. Short game, short game. The ball striking was not good for Bo Hogg at the Sony Open last year on the weekend. But before that, it was pretty good. Tee to green, over three in each round. Something interesting to monitor there with Bo Hogg, if that's someone you want to go to. Sabatini tends to play these courses well. Kevin Na, huh interesting there too so those are the guys that you should i mean that's just a part of my early research i'll probably dig into it a little bit more the this the sony open feels like it should be the jt posting classic uh, i remember betting him at this tournament last year i don't think it turned out all that well i don't even know if he made the cut he did not make the cut thanks jt postman but he did come third at sanderson 
That's because I have that in there. RSM, Masters, Miss the Cut, Miss the Cut. Was playing okay before that, though. The last thing I do want to look at is the strokes gained from this week. And obviously, we do not have the full complement of data because we do not have uh, the round four data in anymore. Now, in order to locate the in-tournament stats, you have to be on the tournament that you're actually looking for. So we're at uh, TOC under DraftKings. We can look at in-tournament stats. You can see the losers that I ended up using. How are my guys, my favorites doing? I think I'm exactly breaking even on DraftKings for this week. Let's see here. Uh, Thomas, Neiman, Webb, Bryson, Scheffler. I didn't end up using Bryson, but I used Morikawa and Berger instead. So that actually really worked out for me. Uh, so I got rid of Bryson and someone else. Did I use Scheffler? I don't think I ended up using Scheffler. I pivoted on to just got rid of Bryson, uh, mainly because I couldn't afford him. I only used... The reason that I'm breaking even is because I have Leishman, Knott, and Landry as my bottom guys, but I actually built a few teams without Justin Thomas. I only played five teams, but I made three with Justin Thomas and three without him, and then I started with either Webb, Morikawa, or who are the other guys? Not Bryson. Um, Bryson, that was not Bryson's price this week either, because um, right, this is the weekend. Um, I don't know why the... Yeah to talk to Moose about that, why that's not lining up. I think it's because it's the weekend stuff. Either way, um, let's take a look at how everyone is doing right now and flick into it. So you see English is putting the lights out. Palmer's having a good putting week in general. Then the next guys on the leaderboard, all in the minus. So who are the hidden values for strokes gain approach this week? Adam Scott is killing it on approach. Had an excellent round one. Can't chip, can't putt. Pretty par for the course, honestly, for Adam Scott. But I'm curious to see what his number ends up being for next week. Leishman, here we go. Talked about Leishman. Uh, guy cannot make a putt to save his life, but he is inside the top 10 in approach for the week, which is really encouraging to see. Uh, who's sucks at approach this week probably Landry a guy that I uh, put money on thanks thanks for showing up Andrew Landry Ortiz Laird Reed Taylor not great for Nick Taylor here he's floating by because of good strokes game playing that doesn't mean he can't turn it around next week but you'd always like to see something out of people um Kevin Na all right and not he's never going to drive the ball well but he is gaining on approach Sink is going to be interesting for next week if he's in the field. Sungjae too. Sungjae is killing it right now, and it's not like him to be a poor putter. Um, but Tita Green, 6.1 strokes gains. You got Morikawa, Palmer, M, Berger, Sergio as your top five. Sergio is kind of interesting too for next week, uh, thinking about it. But from down on that list, there's there's Horschel, I guess, 2.2 strokes gain. He's gaining across the board. I'm going to give him a really hard look for next week. Um, by and large, because I think that he'll likely be off the early odds radar going into the Sony Open. Other than that, nothing really sticks out. We'll try to monitor. Maybe if we just look at round three, we can combine rounds three and rounds four uh, and see how people ended the week um, over just in round three. Yeah, Horschel was excellent in round three. So was Munoz. Uh, Kevin Na was very good in round three. Most of that had to do with his around the green play, though. Same as Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay actually lost in ball striking, putted, and chipped really, really well. Other than that, Lonto and Adam Scott, um, both I guess Scott gained on approach. Couldn't drive the ball, which is really surprising for Adam Scott, and actually gained putting. So uh, interesting factors. We'll have more information to dig into as we go along, as the week goes along. Um, and we're going to have the betting show 
I'm going to release my cheat sheet for betting on Wednesday. we got NFL coming back, new hockey and UFC shows, so show some support to those shows, please. It would really help me out. Uh, and hopefully I was able to walk you through enough and maybe give, your, give you some ideas. Obviously, you don't need to follow what I'm doing, but you can see the different methods that I used on FantasyNational.com to do the research. Maybe there's something that you saw on the screen that I didn't see on the screen that you can exploit to your advantage or at least gave you an idea of something that you want to go search as well. So thank you all for watching. Smash a like early lean sub to the channel rate and review all that fun stuff i will be back on monday with feinberg talking bets for the week for the sony open i'm excited play in the fantasy golf championships one and done the new ones are up there as well and check back for the listeners league link if it is not available the moment that this comes out i'm pat mayo thank you all for watching i'll see you next time Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.